All right, we're moving right along at breakneck speed through the Romans chapter 12, aren't we? <laughs> Romans chapter 12, and now we get verse number 2. <clears throat> There's a lot in it. <clears throat> I think that this right here is, is for the believer, especially this is the center of the whole book. Because we finally got to a point where it says, now then all that God's done for us, what do we do? He says, present your bodies, a living sacrifice unto God, wholly acceptable unto Him, which is your rational or reasonable service. And so now we move into a part, the next verse tells us how we do that. How do you present your bodies? And, and, and if we as believers can get this part right here then the rest of this just seems to fall in place so <clears throat> we're going to spend a little time here lord willing uh, and today we're going to talk about the first thing we have to do if we're going to present our bodies as a living sacrifice unto god that we need to we, let's read verse two and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So he tells us here, right off the bat, as we start verse 2, the things we need to do if we're going to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And the first thing we do is stop being conformed. Stop being conformed to this world. The first step, in successfully presenting your body as a living sacrifice unto God is to stop presenting it to the lust of the flesh, which is fueled by the evil age in which you are living. So that's what we want to look at today is stop being conformed. Uh, you know, as believers, we live on this earth in a body that still has a desire to do evil deeds. The evil deeds of the flesh. Everybody can relate to that, right? In Christ, though, we have the purpose and the power to say no to these evil desires. Remember, we saw in chapter 6 that when Christ saved us, the Holy Spirit come into us, and that God took us and moved us from the kingdom or the realm of sin into the kingdom or the realm of grace. We've, we've changed locations, okay? We don't live in sin anymore. We live in grace. And then we saw that He, that, that he gave us a new master. That now our, our heart's desire, since we're living in grace instead of sin, our heart's desire is to serve God. Amen? Amen. If you're a real believer, that's what you want to do. <clears throat> whether it works out that way or not always, but that's what the desire of your heart is. So He's given us the power in the person of the Holy Spirit, and He's given us the purpose or the desire to say no to the sinful deeds of the flesh. I, I remember hearing preachers say that, you know, as a, as, a, as a sinner, you sin because you have to. You're a slave to sin, but as a believer, you sin because you want to. Well, I understand what they're saying. 
The person you really are in Christ doesn't want to sin. But you do sin because you give in to the, the desires of the flesh. You give in to the cravings of the sinful body that wants to serve the flesh. And we do have the power to say no. Now remember, as James teaches us, that there's a point of no return. It says, every man sins when he is tempted and drawn away of his own lust. And he talks about, you know, sin conceiving and, and bringing forth death. There, there's a point where if, 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 we, if we continue to, to fill our minds and, and hang around places where it feeds that, the lustful desires of our flesh, <clears throat> We may reach a point to where <clears throat> it's impossible now to say no to it as that craving begins to build and build and build. You understand what I'm saying? So it starts in your mind and it starts with an attitude that says, you know, I'm not going there. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to talk about this because it stirs up the sinful desires of my flesh. So there is this idea of us being separate from the world. Anyway, so we still live in this body that wants to do that, but we have the ability to say no. And that's what we must do if we're going to present our bodies as living sacrifices. We have, under God, we have to make up our minds that that's the desire of our heart is to say no to those things. Do you know, as a little kid, I remember my daddy talking to me before I didn't, I didn't even know what drugs were. Really, I didn't. But I remember my daddy talking to me as a little kid, you know, that that's something I didn't need to be involved in. And I made up my mind as a kid before I even knew what it was, that that's something I wasn't going to fool with. And you have to do those kind of things because if you wait until you're tempted, you know, and you don't know, Somebody might talk you into something that that, uh, that you wished you hadn't let yourself be talked into. So, <clears throat> so we must stop allowing the evil influences around us to pressure us to yield our bodies to the evil deeds of the flesh. Remember Romans 6.13. Uh, let's look at that. I don't think I have it up there. Romans 6.13 says... Uh, Neither yield ye your members as instruments, or that could be translated weapons, of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments or weapons of righteousness unto God. Hey, that's, that's the whole thing. With, now that God's in us, we have the ability and we need to make up our minds that we don't yield our, our, the members of our body to sin anymore. We yield them to God. Now, to be conformed means that the outside doesn't match the inside. This, this idea of being conformed is something that happens on the outside. It's like pressure. Like you take Play-Doh or clay put pressure on it and you mold it into the image of something that you want it to look like. That's the idea of being conformed. It means to exhibit oneself as something that's contrary 
from his or her true inner self being patterned by some definite thing. So talk about a hypocrite. You know, we think about a hypocrite. A hypocrite is an actor. That's what that means, hypocrite, actor. You play a part. You pretend to be something that you're really not. And we always think about a hypocrite as being somebody that's evil on the inside that pretends to be good on the outside, right? Y'all with me? Say amen if you are. Now, never thought about it like this. You could still be a hypocrite and be somebody that is righteous on the inside but is pretending to be evil on the outside. That's a hypocrite. You're pretending to be something that you're not. Now, the enemy makes us believe that <clears throat> when we commit a sinful act, that that's us, that that's who we are. It's not. Remember, we went through Romans 6, 7, and 8, and we saw real clearly in Romans 7 that Paul says, you know, it's not me doing these evil things, but sin dwells in me that has control of my body. It's not me. I don't want to sin. If you're a believer, you don't want to sin. It's not you sinning. That's a, that which is born of God cannot sin. It's your body being controlled by the sinful flesh that still is present with us. <clears throat> and that's important because once you realize that you realize who you really are in Christ and you realize that it's not you that wants to do those things, it's sin that is hijacking your body. And your body wants that. Your body has a desire for that because it's still marred by sin. So it still wants to serve sin so it's, it's not hard for it to hijack it, but that's what it's doing. And so you become something that, that on the outside that doesn't match who you really are on the inside. Satan and his ministers are examples of this. In 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the into the apostles of Christ and no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of unrighteousness whose end shall be according to their works <clears throat> Satan and his evil ministers can do this very thing. They, they pretend to be something on the outside that doesn't match up with their inside. There's a lot of people that pretend to be Bible-believing and Bible-preaching teachers. But on the inside, that's not true. There's a lot of people that pretend to be God-fearing Christians, but on the inside, that's not true. And even Satan himself, look, if Satan really looked like the critter on the devil's ham can, if he really looked like that, 
and he jumped in front of you with his pitchfork and he said, ha, 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 I want you to do this. You'd say, get out of here. You'd know right off that was evil, right? But that's not how he comes to us. He comes to us as something that's beautiful. Something that our sinful body desires and craves and wants and entices us to yield our bodies to sin. Transformed as an angel of light. So there's something different on the outside than they really are on the inside. Believers are not to practice being conformed to this world. He says, stop being conformed to this world. And we're not supposed to practice that. We're not supposed to let the pressures of the world conform us to act like something that doesn't match up with who we really are on the inside. And in this particular case, he says that the thing that is conforming us is the world. We are not to be conformed to the world. The word world here, uh, he's actually talking about, it, it could be translated the age. Stop being conformed to the age. The world that he speaks of is the evil world system. The age in which we live. Listen to this, uh, some of this here. This is from Weist Word Studies. And, and he says here that, that Trench defines age as follows. All that, all that floating mass of thoughts. All the thoughts that this age has. Opinions. Maxims. Speculations hopes, impulses, aims, aspirations at any time current in the world, which it may be impossible to seize and accurately define, but which constitute a most real and effective power, being the moral or immoral atmosphere, which at every moment of our lives we inhale, gain inevitably to exhale, Again, inevitably to exhale. All this is included in the age, which is, as Bangle has expressed it, the subtle informing spirit of the cosmos or world of men who are living alienated and apart from God. I remember hearing Tony Evans say that this world system is the system that is headed up by Satan. And leaves God out. That's the age. That's the spirit of the age. The world in which we live has their own ideas and opinions and thoughts and goals, aspirations, everything you can think of. And it, it, it includes anything and everything except God. The the spirit of the age doesn't want to use this book, the Bible, anymore. It doesn't want to use it. The, the spirit of the age doesn't want to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
the spirit of the age doesn't want to believe that the only way to go to God is through Jesus Christ and His death, burial, and resurrection. Right? So anything except true biblical Christianity and the true biblical gospel, that's the spirit of the age. And I think about it. How can we help but be conformed to the age when we spend most of our time involved in it? Listening to their preaching. You hear me? You're listening to the preaching. This morning, God's using me to preach the Bible. 30 to 40 minutes, maybe. Maybe 50, (laughs) if you're blessed. (laughs) Out of a week. And the rest of the time, you're watching news. You're looking on Facebook. You're reading your emails. You're talking to people in the world about the things of the world. How can you help but not be conformed to this world? You can't present your body to God as a living sacrifice until you stop being conformed to this world. I'm preaching to me more than I am to anybody in here, okay? You even see it in the church. The mainstream church today, <clears throat> what we would consider, what, what most people see as church, has been conformed to this age. They preach messages that are politically correct. Or they preach messages that are more uh, psychology than they are theology. Or they just blatantly take the Bible and twist it so that the truth that's there becomes a lie after they get through manipulating the Word of God. They're more concerned about having a some kind of an event at the church. You know, I don't even know anymore. You know, we used to have a, the church socials and, and those kind of things, youth events, those kind, you know, those kind of things. Nothing wrong with that if it's done for the right reason. Uh, but honestly, people feel comfortable having events that doesn't, make them have to look in the Word and examine themselves by the Word. You understand what I'm saying? People don't mind being involved in church if they're out here uh, helping uh, people in the community that need help. They feel they feel proud. You ain't supposed to have pride. But gives them a feeling of pride. I'm, I'm doing something. I'm doing something in the community. I'm serving God by <clears throat> helping people that, that need help. Or they want to get involved in the workings of the church. Or, or whatever the case may be. They, they don't mind that. But look around us. How many people want to 
set and endure what you're having to endure this morning is somebody taking the Word of God and, and, and by the power of God and the Spirit of God explaining it to you and challenging you and me both to do what it says. I mean, look around. People don't want that. I had someone ask me a while back, says, with the way you're preaching, why ain't your church packed full? I said, I've asked myself that same question. I said, but it just goes to show you that this is not what most folks want. Most folks don't want to hear the Word of God. Because they're too busy being conformed <clears throat> to the spirit of the age. And I'm telling you, I've, the Lord has worked on me uh, while I've been preparing this, and I hope He works on you too. Because there's a lot of things that we're involved in that if we stop and think about it, it just it just pulls us away from really yielding our lives to God because it just it, it conforms us. Whether you realize it or not, you can't you can't hang around certain things and, and it not change the way you think and the way you act. It will. I don't care. Right now you might say, I believe so and so. Well, quit reading the Bible and start listening to the preaching on the television. In time, whether you realize it or not, your thoughts about things will change. Because that preaching will work on your mind. And it will conform you. Believers are to be non-conformist. The, the word conformed is in the middle of the passive voice in the Greek, which means that it's either something that we do to ourselves or that is done to us. We either allow it in our own lives or just being around it puts pressure on us to change. We're not supposed to be rebellious. That's not what I'm preaching this morning. It's, it's not to be, to be a nonconformist doesn't mean that we're to be rebellious. You can read 1 Peter uh, 2, verses 13 through 17, 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2, Romans 12, 18. I mean, you got your Bible open right there to it. It says, If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. We're not supposed to be troublemakers not rebellious, and we're not to be resistant. We're not to be resistant. However, it is a resistance to live apart from the way of life that the world lives. As believers, we are to have a biblical mindset, not a worldly one. You don't see things like the world sees them. If you're truly saved, you can't. Look, it's fine to... Uh, <clears throat> God made us stewards over this creation of His. And we ought to take care of it. And that includes animals too. We ought to take care of the animals. But animals are not human beings. Breaks my heart to see these commercials where they talk about wanting to save these dogs. And nobody even mentions abortion anymore. In the minds of the world, a dog 
is more important than a baby, a human baby. Where does that thinking come from? The devil. Read your Bible. All through history, he's tried to kill humans and he's killed unborn babies and little babies. You can't conform to that way of thinking if you're a believer. I'm not saying mistreat the animals, but I'm saying let's realize that people are made in the image of God, not animals. They're animals. Yeah. You just can't if you're a true believer. Let me give you an example of someone that was a believer that was conforming to the age. Uh, Lot. Everybody in here familiar with Lot? Abraham's nephew? (laughs) Lot living in Sodom is an example of this. Abraham's nephew Lot separated from Abraham and pitched his tent in the city towards Sodom. You can read that in Genesis 13, 10 through 13. Abraham pitched his tent in a place called Mamre. Now notice these names. Mamre means place of strength. And this place called Mamre was in Hebron, which means association. And he built an altar to the Lord there, Genesis 13, 18 says. So Abraham continued to associate with and worship his source of strength, the Lord. Abraham stayed right where he needed to be with God. While Lot became more conformed to the ways of the world, even to the point of becoming a leader in Sodom. Genesis 19.1 says that the angels found him sitting in the gate. That meant that he was involved in the politics of that place. He was a political leader. The outward pressure to conform wore Lot down inwardly. Remember we said that passive or middle voice is something that you either do to yourself or it's done to you just by being around it. Lot was a righteous man living among the unrighteous. And the pressure from without to conform to this unrighteous way of life was wearing him down. You can read that through in Genesis 19, 1 through 26. Do you, can you relate to that? I mean, well, let's read on. Second Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 7 and 8 says, And delivered just Lot. See, that tells us right there, Lot was a righteous man. Vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I'm beginning to understand what this verse means. Just being around this stuff wears on your mind and your heart. Doesn't it? Because you see all the evil around you. And you can't fathom in your mind how, how anybody cannot see how evil and how wrong that is. And it wears you down in your heart and your mind, doesn't it? But you've got to remember the Bible says that the unrighteous are blinded. Remember what was read in Romans 3? That apart from God, there's none righteous. 
Nobody seeks after God. Everybody has gone their own way. The lost person has, has no ability to distinguish what is really right and wrong. I heard this week <clears throat> that a large majority of pastors, I, I, I think it was like 72% of pastors that were polled in this country don't even believe that this is the inspired, inerrant Word of God. They think that it, it, it could, you know, that it might not necessarily be accurate and true. So 28% of the pastors preaching in this country today will say this is the inerrant, infallible, inspired Word of God. And the, the younger people in this world today, I think they was calling them Gen Z. I don't know. I don't know what, it's the youngest group of folks in here. I figure that means that we got to be close to the end of the, the age and, and we're ready for the Lord to come back because if that's Generation Z, they ain't got nowhere else to go now. They're done to the end of the alphabet, right? They're already to the <laughs> Omega. So, hey, it can't be too much longer. But that the large majority of them, just they, they believe that, that truth changes as the times change. It's relevant to the times. They don't believe there's any absolute truth. So how can you live in this world as a believer and it not wear you down inside and on your, in your soul? But listen to what it cost Lot to conform. When Sodom was destroyed, Lot ended up in Zor which means insignificant or little. So God saved Lot's soul, but it, he didn't have much to show for it. And that's the way it'll be with us if we continue to conform to this world and to the spirit of this age. There's going to be people in heaven, the Bible talks about them, that saved as though by fire. A lot of people are going to smell like smoke when they get to heaven. They're going to heaven. They're going to get there, but just barely. They won't have any works, good works to show because they conform to this age and they didn't present their bodies to God and transformed by the renewing of their minds. So they're saved, but that's all. Now, don't get me wrong, that's great. But the Bible helps us understand that, that, that you ought to have an attitude of wanting to do your best for the Lord and, and earn rewards as you get to glory. The Corinthian church is an example of believers conforming to the age. The Corinthian church had been influenced by the worldliness and evil that filled the city in which they lived. They were saved and had the Spirit of God on the inside, yet they did not live transformed lives from the outside. 
They lived according to in, the influence of the world around them, submitting their bodies to the lust of the flesh. They were conformed to the age. 1 Corinthians 1-2 says, And unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Paul says, Your folk, you folks are sanctified because you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. His Spirit lives in you. You're sanctified. Okay, so on the inside, they were believers. But read the book. You know, it says in there that there was a person in that church that was in, in such a sin that, that, that even the Gentiles wouldn't do. Greater sin in that church than there was in the world. They had division in the church. They were committing gluttony at the Lord's table. Misusing the, the gifts. Fornication in the church. I mean, they, they had some issues. But they were saints. But they were conformed to the world around them. Their outside didn't match up with the inside. 1 Corinthians 3 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. They were carnal. They, they were living from their flesh, their bodies. They were submitting their bodies as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, even though they were saved. So, conforming. Remember? Living on the outside in a way that doesn't match what's on the inside. What about the modern day pressure to conform? I mean, look, the church at Corinth, <clears throat> there's a lot of, of modern day churches today that are like that. There, there's a lot of church services you could be in this morning that there'd be a whole lot more worldliness and worldly influence in that place than there would be godliness and biblical influence. You have to think about, first of all, the company that you keep. If you hang out with the world, you're going to be conformed to be like the world. Now, I'm not saying that God wants us to move into a monastery and never have any influence, you know, any, any, any opportunity to be around people in the world. But you can't become involved in the things of the world and with the people of the world and just go and do all the things that they do and expect to continue to grow in the Lord. That's why the Bible says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, especially as you see the day approaching. We need to hang around each other. You need to hang around people that, that are reading the Bible and can talk to you about the Bible and talk to you about the Lord and encourage you in the Lord. That's what we need. What about the things which we're involved in? And it could be groups, organizations, uh, things that you participate in at work, things that people participate in at school. Things that you do over the computer. Things you're involved with 
and people you're involved with on the computer, that is an influence that will conform you to the spirit of the age. The things you see and hear. <clears throat> you got to be careful what you watch on television. <laughs> Me and Gwen live in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s. <laughs> yeah, most of what we watch on television, that's when it was when it was filmed. Um, I, I, there's not anything that, that's modern day television really that I'm sure I care anything about. And it's amazing as you watch how that has evolved and gotten worse and worse and further and further away from any kind of semblance of the truth. No wonder young people's minds are so far away from God and so mixed up concerning the truth. That's, that's all they've been preached to is that, well, it's just whatever you think truth is. Do whatever you want to. You're not created in the image of God. You're just an animal. You evolved. Uh, so it don't really matter. Listen, public school, government school. <laughs> if you have kids or grandkids going to public school, you better be involved in what they're being taught. Amen. And I mean really involved in what they're being taught. You got to make sure your kids are being fed things that's going to put their minds toward God, not away from Him. And you're the same way. I'm the same way. And just like look, you know, looking through Facebook or whatever, in and of itself, there's nothing wrong and evil about that in and of itself. But there's so much on there to influence the way you think. And don't be naive, please. Don't be naive. You don't. You don't realize. I didn't realize until recently just how much that stuff affects the way you think and act. You, you don't realize it. That's the modern day pressure to conform. So take a serious look at your life. And start setting aside and getting away from the things that encourage the body to yield to the lust of the flesh and replace them with the things that turn your attention toward God. And listen, every bit of this starts in your mind. And you 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 got to really stop and think. Now, there might be things that, that on the surface you think, well, that's okay for me to look at that. That's okay for me to listen to that. But what you may not realize is that you ever heard of a gateway drug? Everybody know what a gateway drug is? You know, they'll, they'll say, well, smoking marijuana, that's not real bad for you. I think I'll just do that. But I was taught in school that if you start doing that, then you're just opening up the gateway to step into something else that's a little bit stronger and a little bit more bad for you, you know, and you just gradually start walking down this path. <clears throat> well, now... 
It's the same way with any kind of sin. And I want to challenge you to start really thinking about where are the areas in your life that are problems and trouble for you concerning your flesh and your body. Everybody is different. Some things that you couldn't even begin to tempt me with would be a temptation to other people. And some things that are a temptation to me might not be a temptation to other people. You have to know that. Pay attention to those things, okay? And you have to start looking and saying, you know, anything that I let in my mind that starts me thinking about certain things. After a while, you find yourself somewhere and wonder, how did I get here? I didn't mean to get this far, you know. Folks, we need to separate ourselves from this world. I'm serious. You, you need to go home and really think about this and pray about this. Spend time in this book. It won't hurt you. It will help you. Find you some, uh, some books that you can read that will help you understand this book or that will help you learn things, you know, that maybe you, that go along with this book. And I'll make a suggestion to you that if you're looking for, for things to read as far as commentaries or, or books about the Bible, go back in history. Read the older authors, okay? <laughs> Don't read the, uh, the newer ones. I'm not saying there are not some good ones out here that are new, but I'm finding that you're better off to go back. You, you're better off. Listen to Charles Haddon Spurgeon preach. Go back and listen to some of these older preachers. Listen to J. Vernon McGee teach the Bible. Listen, if you guys would, would you can get an app on your phone. It's called Through the Bible. You can get an app on your phone. And you, and you can listen to his program anytime you want to. You'll, you'll never hear anybody like him. He's got a way of keeping your attention. And he teaches the Bible. Find you something like that. Anything. Spend time in this book. Stop being conformed to this world. The first step in successfully presenting your body as a living sacrifice unto God is to stop presenting it to the lust of the flesh, which is fueled by this evil age in which we're living. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, multiply this in our minds and our hearts for your glory. Help us to hear you and to heed what you have us to, to do. God, help us to take a serious look at our lives and what we are participating in and, and to get away from those things, Lord, that are conforming us to the spirit of the age so that we can begin to be transformed. In Jesus' name I pray.